So today's daf is daf chaf, um, and we pick up at the bottom of Yeterim and Beth, and we're dealing with the Mishnah, which deals with monies that are found, um, and uh, determining what their identity is, um, and also finding pieces of meat, which is where the, what the Gemara turns to, and trying to figure out which korban it's from, or maybe if it's nevela, if it's not a nevela, and that the issue about finding pieces of meat becomes the focus of the Gemara. So we pick up uh, two lines from the bottom. Um, last, wor- last two words on the line on Yotanamibet Rav Nachas Taman. Rav went down over there um, presumably to Bavel Mikiyas the Rav le Bavel is a phrase in the Gemara and Gitin so Rav made transition from Eretz Yisrael to Bavel he sort of started a lot of the whole yeshivot in Bavel um, so anyway when Rav went down there down to Bavel Yerida Chamsu um, Mikilim he saw them being lenient around issues about meat presumably found in the hands of non-Jews or meat that was not observed and the Chamir Aleyhan and he was Machmir on them so, so this is right so Michael identifies this with the discussion in the Bible of Basar Shinit Ali Mina Ayim if, if you, there's a moment when you're not watching the meat that you can't eat it now the Gemara's concern seems to be very far-fetched about like if you don't look at it then somebody will come and steal the piece of meat and replace it with another one we're actually going to have that discussion here but it's interesting to know here the background the background is he saw that they were lenient and he was being machmir which means that maybe he was concerned about other things and therefore he was being overly strict in a way that maybe <coughs> does exceed what the normal types of concerns would normally be maybe they were being overly lenient based on some of the issues before about assuming that things were you know if a non had it or if it was found on the floor they would say ah, it's probably kosher and they wouldn't be worried about the concerns that we had mentioned earlier about the likelihood that maybe it did come from a trade source so because he maybe saw a general leniency he was going to be o- he, he decided to be overly strict okay so that's interesting in sort of giving the context of some of the discussion we're going to see which does seem a little far-fetched but it might have been in response to um, to leniencies. So let's take a look. Yeah, right. Right. I mean, chumra is always a question about whether it means adopting the stricter of the normal sort of dim positions, or whether chumra is about right is an additional stringency. Here, the language certainly seems to an additional over stringency. And let's take a look at how this continues. Chabar nash azil. Certain person was going. So he wanted to wash his, I don't, uh, you know, the unfortunately here explained the phrase, um, but I can't do a word-for-word translation. He wanted to wash his meat by the river. So Meshizga presumably means wash. I do not, I didn't, I should have looked up, I didn't get a chance to what Askifta means. Presumably by context it means his meat. Um, but anyway, he wanted to wash his meat uh, by the river. The inchasa, and it's like, and it's, and it's, uh, it fell out of his hands. The azaleh, and he ran after it. Chazer by chay buzzer misivna Then he wanted to take it again, like it washed, it fell out of his hands. It was washed on the river. He ran after it, and he he grabbed it back. Was it in his sight the whole time, or? It sounds like it. It's not clear. Amarle Rav, so Rav, who we just saw a second before, was being machmir. Rav said to him, Asher it's forbidden to you. 
Tina Amar, he shot of Nahara, the icy Khuri bin Vela Tsukhosai. Because I will say that one piece the river washed away, and this piece that you found floating twenty feet down is another piece of meat that looks that magically is exactly the same size as your meat, happens to be exactly twenty feet down the river, but who knows? Maybe it's a different piece of meat and that the river brought in its place and maybe that is Nevela. Now that, of course, seems absurd, right? And that's the Gemara's discussion of Basar Shinitali Minayin. If you're not watching it for one second, who knows what would have happened to it in the interim. But again, what we have is the framing that this was in response to watching overly, over leniencies in this area of, of the meat and its, and, you know, and its source and its identity. Yeah, and, no yeah. Who's talking about Tumma? It's Nevela. Maybe, yeah, this piece of meat floated away. The piece of meat you dropped floated away, and this piece that you find floating 20 feet down the river just happens to be a piece of nevela that looks just like your piece of meat. I tell you, it is absurd, right? But that's why the Gemara frames it. There you go. That's why the Gemara frames it as that he was Machmir, okay? So, all right. Now we have another story like this. Chad Barnat, a certain man, having Mahalik Bashuka, he was going in the marketplace. Um, Tarim Kupat, he was, he was carrying a piece of meat. Asa Daisa came a Daisa, which is maybe some say it's a Daya, which is a, like a, um, a, a, you know, a bird, a bird of prey. Some type of an animal, some type of a bird came. The Chatafta and swooped down and grabbed a piece of meat from him. The um, Talakte and dropped it. Chazer, then he, you know, ran after it and saw that its piece of meat had been dropped. Chazer Misvine, he wanted to go take it back and now say, okay, this is my piece of meat. Amari Rav, so Rav said to him, also it's forbidden, because you can say, I would say, that the bird before it grabbed your piece of meat was carrying a piece of nevela, the and dropped it. So and it and it took the, and it took your piece of meat in its place. So therefore, um, you know, um, I'm sorry, but, um, no, the period was before that. And it, and, the, and, the, and it took your piece of meat in its place. So therefore, just because you took a piece of meat and then you found that it had dropped the piece of meat, who's to say the piece of meat that it dropped is the same piece of meat that it tossed? This means that you didn't really see if it had anything else in it, right? Right. I mean, you know, who knows exactly what happened? You grabbed a piece of meat, you ran after it, 20 feet later you saw it drop the piece of meat. Who knows? Were you checking and looking at it every single second and saw Okay, so again, it's pretty, it's, it's pretty fantastical to assume that that's what happened. Say if, like, you went back, you went out, you know, had a piece of meat in your refrigerator, you come home, you see the same piece of Okay, so there's an idea of being Meshumar or not, you know, right, is it right. under Shimur or whatever. You don't necessarily say that, right? Right. Shimar, the, right, correct. Okay, now Ginoi, which is the name apparently of a river, shut of Zikin. Now we're moving from meat to wine, Okay. So the, the river washed away some um, um, flasks of wine. Also, uvda kumi rebiyitzer rebiliyaz. It came in front of rebiyitzer rebiliyazer. The Amar yichatmun shafiyaya kitrehon. Let the remember if you remember the word yichatmun before come the word chachma, but it means to recognize. So let the wine pourers or the wine sellers recognize their identify their knots you know, that they put on these flasks. They had made special knots. And then, if they can identify their knots, then they can assume that it is theirs, and then they can go ahead and take it. So, it's that, you know, it, it's, it's, is this more lenient than Rob, or it's the same point, but it, if you really have an identifying mark, that's a different story. Okay, but it seems like generally without that, even, you know, he would have seen, it would be a similar concern by wine that Rob had by meat. Um, Nukunika, um, so this is a type of like a um, 
also like a flask um, or uh, you know a jug um, was found in the synagogue of Buli now some places say the name of Buli is a place actually Buli is a um, word that refers to I believe like um, uh, um, administrative governing thank bodies you. right it's Bule. a Greek word by Bule and um, right like right well exactly so Prus Bol some want to say actually does come from the word of Bule which is exactly that which is like the sort of these uh, the, a, a Roman governing tax collecting body. So anyway, so it might be like a, a wealthy, uh, you know, uh, base Knesset, uh, a wealthy people, whatever it is. Anyway, in this base Knesset, certain of these uh, of these uh, jugs of wine were found. Also, Uvde Kumei Rebiyirmiya. So came in front of Rebiyirmiya. he said, Yitchak Mun Sakuraya Avidason. So let the sakurai, which means presumably those that made the marks on it, recognize their work, their handiwork. If they can recognize their distinguishing marks, then they can assume it's theirs the and take them. The craftsmen or, or the people that actually handled the wine but made, like, you know, personal marks to identify it as theirs. Okay, now, so that's wine, which indicates a, you know, which indicates a similar concern, but at least in these stories, at least we allowed for the possibility of reclaiming it, right? Presumably, would it be true by the meat story as well? If you had it in a package and you recognized the mark? Presumably, yes. Gedit Slee, a roasted goat, was found in the like Srati and Platya words familiar in the Bavli right which are actually again uh, Greek words which means the Sratya is a, like a uh, is, is a is a like is a major road and a Platya is like a, 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 a uh, what's oh, the word plaza. yeah Plaza right exactly and a Sratya what, what would be a word we have now based like on Sratya Strata what Strata street I guess right okay there you go. Okay. Although Sratya, Sratya. Anyway, okay. Okay, so anyway, in the street they was found a roasted goat in the street of Gufta. Um and they made, made it permissible. So now, in contrast to Rob, where it's like, oh my God, you know, you ran after the meat, and two seconds later he said it's Usser, here they just found a roasted goat lying around in the street, and they said it was permissible. Okay, why? Meaning, they, not that there were two factors to make it permissible, but they, but they permitted two different concerns. Number one, it's a found object, meaning who, who says you can take it? Maybe you have to go looking for the owner who allows you to take it. And based on the most of the people who go in the street who were Jewish, you can assume that it was kosher. So A, you can assume it's a kosher, and B, you can take it for yourself. And now we're going to explain it out. Explain it. Mishum because of lost objects if you save an object that was seized or was about to be uh, devoured by a lion um, or uh, marauding troops from like an outcropping by the ocean or by the river something was about to be washed away and you, and you saved it from a major street you saved it from the middle of like you know of, uh, of, uh, of uh, it was there in the middle of the you know of, 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 the, of Broadway or of you know or of, uh, or, or of the FDR and or from the middle of uh, you t- in the middle of Times Square you found something okay so in all those cases um, you can keep it you don't have to worry about a simon you don't have to worry if the Bailin had Yeyush why? if you drop your wallet in Times Square that's it you're not going to look for it anymore you assume it's gone okay so in all these cases you basically just have, have Yeyush immediately and therefore if anybody finds it they can keep it so number one you can keep it for yourself 
Now, Mishum Rov Mahalchi Drachim, and as far as most of the of the of the passers by, those of you that go in that street, Mishum Shchitas Nachri, you don't have to be concerned that it is um, that it is shechted by a non-Jew. You can assume that this is Jewish meat. Now, what's quite fascinating is a couple of things. Number one is, you know, r- totally against Rav, who had these crazy concerns. But even beyond that, you know, you could have imagined the Gemara could say, okay, Rov Mahalchi Drachim. But number one, like, why would somebody drop it? Why wouldn't they be careful about it? Maybe the reason they're not being careful is the signal that it's not kosher you know or even if it's shechted by a Jewish by a Jewish shochet maybe it's a trefa but again the Gemara here going back to the Mishnah and going back to the earlier discussions is willing to use sort of the normal likelihoods of things to assume the status and allow you to eat this meat and not concern that it might be an Avela might be a trefa well, which is right. very much against the Chumras of Rav that we had just read a minute ago that was yesterday right? right exactly okay by the way, it's also interesting just the terminology because because the meaning Rov Mahalchi Drachim is the reason to be lenient. It's not the category we're being lenient about. The category we're being lenient about is is Kshera Nevela, whereas the issue of Mishu Mitzia is the category we're being lenient about. The reason to be lenient is because it was in a big public space. So it's a little funny the way it phrases that. Wasn't Rav a market inspector? Well, I don't remember that. You could be right. I don't remember that. Okay. Um, now, the Gemara says like this. Um, similar story. Um, the, um, the, I'm sorry, wait, we didn't finish this. The Shtakach means base Rebbe. And lo and behold, it was discovered afterwards that this had actually originated in the house of Rebbe. So you knew that relying on the fact that it was kosher was actually legitimate. It turned out that it was it all was it all actually was kosher meat. So not only did it, it did it not only did it bracket Rav and end with a more lenient halachic position, it actually then underscored and said, and the facts bore out that that was correct. Okay. Now they didn't have to return it because it was Yehush. Okay. Eagle de Gufna. Now similarly, a, uh, a, a like a. a uh, a circle, a pressed, a pressed, um, you know, um, uh, uh, like a wheel, as they call it, right? A wheel of uh, of um, of keys. Istakach bepundika de Levi was found in the like inn of Levi. The tiru and they permitted it for, for two, you know, two aspects was permitted. Mishumitzia, they didn't have to worry of returning it to the owner because apparently Levi did a very good business and it was a high throughput. Maybe it was more like a, you know, it was like a bar and there were people going in at all times. And Mishumrochidrachim, they didn't have to be concerned about the origin that it was Gvinas Akum because most of the people that went through it were Jewish. Mishumitzia Ditani and same thing as before. Hamatim yada guys yada ari mishunasiyam mishunasanar miistura gadol miplati gadol arei lushelo mitneishabal misyash. Man, if you find it in a place where either it was going to definitely be lost because it was going to be eaten by a lion or washed away, or because there were so many people that the owner would figure I'll never get it back, um, then you just assume yeyush and you can keep it. And we don't have to be concerned that it's non-Jewish cheese because most of the people were Jewish. And lo and behold, it was discovered that it actually was came from the house of Rebbe Lezer Rebbe Yossi, or owned by Rebbe Lezer Rebbe Yossi. So you see, it was good that we relied on the fact that it was kosher cheese. It actually turned out to be such. I'm Rebbe Mani, Kumi Rebbe Yossi. So Rebbe Mani said in front of Rebbe Yossi, Vanan Chamin. Okay, that's all very nice in theory, but we see Rabbanan Machrizit. Now, it's fascinating. It does not end with a Chumra about if you decide. If I told you the next statement is going to be more Machmir, you would have assumed it's more Machmir to go back to Rab. Say, oh, we won't eat that stuff. But actually, he says, no, no, no. We see people are more Machmir to return it. 
Okay, about the Mitzia idea. Technically, now, how, because look, if you think about it, how they know the meat was Rebbe's? How did they know the keys was, um, was, who was it? Was, uh, Because presumably it had a simon on it. But you didn't have to return it, because even with a simon, if you assume you'll never get it back, and you're Yeush, the next person can keep it. So he says, yeah, but we know, we see when this happens, and people find something in Times Square, they're going to announce that they found a wallet, they're going to try to return it, they're more, from, they're, they're more machner than that in terms of returning the objects. Okay, but Anan Khan, you know, So that's what Rav Mani said to Rav Yossi. Amalei, Rav Yossi said back to him, At in Havisa you, if you would have found uh, such a wallet, I know you wouldn't keep it for yourself, but you should know, Rebioni Abuch, but Rebioni, your father, Lo Amar came. He didn't say that you couldn't keep it. Ella Amar, he said, Halavai Kad Nishka, should it, you know, I, I only wish that if I find a wallet, Nishkach means Piusa Vilgav. I'll find it from Piusa, which is, I don't know, some type of a major thoroughfare. I'll find it in a major thoroughfare. I hope if I find a wallet with a million dollars, it doesn't have the person's driver's license in it, is basically what he said. I hope I'll find it in a place that I'll be able to keep it. So you want to be very firm, but your father indicated that he's happy to rely on the halacha and to keep it if he's entitled to keep it. So the Gemara says, and Afilu came, nevertheless, Ashkach Velonasi, if he found, and he didn't take it for himself. So there's a question, who found? Yeah. Did the father, the father said this in theory, like, but you know, okay, you think, oh, I'd love to find a lottery ticket and be able to keep it. But in reality, he was much, you know, when, 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 when the facts were on the ground, he wanted to make sure the real owner got it back. Okay, that's, I think, a nice way to end it. Some say this end of the story is, he heard what his father did, and he didn't care. He still wanted to go ahead and return it when he found things. His father wasn't what his father did. So I got to tell you, it's quite fascinating because again, in the Bavli, right? It's hard to imagine you would ever get this story. In the Bavli, it would always be, "I can't live up to how great my father was," right? Like when the Bavli talks about, uh, you know, waiting between meat and milk. He says, "My father." He says, "I'm like vinegar." My father was wine. My father, he would eat meat. He would eat milk for 24 hours. Me never. I wait just till the next meal. That's where we get the whole idea of six hours from that one statement. Okay, but here you see that the father actually was more like the, the son was being more from than the father so number one um, that's you know fascinating and number two it's also I think very powerful because you know if you think where most people are they would be more A they, if you were going to be more machmer in one of these two things most people's inclination would be to be more machmer on the kashras aspect and not on the returning aspect and number two if you talked about a difference between theory and practice you would talk about you know okay you know like it, it, like maybe I, in principle I talk in that it's usher but like in practice I'm gonna, my yitzhar is going to get the better of me whereas here you would get the exact reverse right in principle Papa's talking that it's mutter but when it comes to real people and real objects that they really own he's going to actually act Actually, be more machmir in practice in terms of getting the object back. But so one interesting uh, paradigm, like what uh, criteria for being more from? Are you right. unique or doing the achra the Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, the interesting is, then, you know, basically based on this, it seems that we really um, bracketed Rav. Right? Totally. The, ba- the Yushalmi totally brackets Rav. The, the Babli totally right. Well, let Rav move to Bavel. And anyway, it was in Bavel. Remember also that the Babli said, the, the, even the Yushalmi here saying. When Rav went to Bovel, Rav was more machmir because right. he saw them being which lenient over the there, which means that the over Israel tradition would remain the same. But yet, we, we used to remain with the Bavli tradition. Well, yes. I mean, there's a question of how do we rule that Foster Shinisal, I mean, I now, especially now, you know, to what degree, again, like this, tomorrow you have Simonim and so on. But look, there's 
there's a lot more chumras, as you can imagine, around hashkachas for meat restaurants and nami. Some people want to quote the whole sources of basar shenitalimina ayin, but the reality is it's not those the technical concerns of basar shenitalimina ayin. It's more the degree of trefus that you can get by meats is much greater than the types of trefus you normally get in milchic restaurants. And number two, the Yetzir Hara, in terms of the financial benefits, are much greater. But, you know, but, but sometimes you hear Basar Shenitalimina Ayin discussed in those contexts, but it's usually a misnomer. Alright, let's take a look at the next also, Mishnah. Here I assume is different than what we mean by Gminat Akum. No. Why? It was really Basar Bechalaf. No, no, no. It means Gminat Akum in the Mishnah of Odesara. No, no. But about they, they made it to the cave of the animal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you mean, what are the concerns? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What are the concerns of Green And Yes, that's very different. Okay, let's look at our Mishnah. So we're back to identifying objects um, and their sources um, and their na- identity. So you found, before we talked about finding pieces of meat, and you might remember that if you find meat in Yerushalayim, you assume it's shlomi meat. Um, however, you have to burn it because it might be no sarp, okay? And then questions about is it in limbs and is it in, in chopped up pieces, etc. This is talking not about finding pieces of meat, it's talking about finding the animals. Buzzer Shanimsis Mirishalayim by Mingal Ada. You find an animal, what? Live animals. Yeah. Yeah, okay. You find a live animal from you, anywhere in Yerushalayim until Migol Eder, which is like a nearby village. Um, and that's circumference around Yerushalayim, so within a certain amount of distance on the outskirts of Yerushalayim. So you assume it's from Yerushalayim because, you know, as opposed to pieces of meat, animals do walk on their own. So therefore, it could have started in Yerushalayim and walked out. And again, we're going to assume that most of the meat in Yerushalayim has a korban type of a purpose. So when it was the meat, we assumed it would only be a possible ola if it's on the grounds of the base of Mikdash. But here you can have olos outside of the grounds because you sanctified it as an ola and you didn't just get and you didn't get a chance to bring it yet. So by the animal case, we have to be concerned that it's not that even out of the base of Mikdash, but in Yerushalayim and its environs, it might be an ola. So zikharim olos, the male animals we assume are an ola because males can be an ola, and nikavos, the females which cannot be an ola, are zikhei shlamim. Again, the assumption that things will be a shlamim because all, everybody using their meiser sheni money and so on to buy shlamim. Now the gemara is going to ask the obvious question: If the assumption in the previous mishnah is that there's so much shlamim meat going on, so why don't we assume that the males are also shlamim? A male animal, can, a shlamim can be male or female. Okay, no, so I we'll see about that in the gemara. Yeah. People waited for Machish Man until the last minute, which case then. Right, you know, I mean, that's a good question, too. Right, that's a good question, too. Why do we assume that people, you know, that stom animals, <laughs> it's one thing once it's in the state of meat, but if it's right. in the state yeah. of animals, why do we assume, you know? Did, did Chazal ever go around and do a survey and try to figure out exactly what's like the distribution of live animals, how many are sanctified, aren't sanctified? It's a very good question. It's a very good question. Again, it might just be a chumrah. We have to be machmir and assume, but we saw before we were willing to be lenient and assume something was chulin rather than maiser sheni, if that's where the likelihood lay. So I really don't know the answer. Um, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, Haroya the Psachim, and this I think is a question you asked yesterday, Michael. If something could be a Pesach, like it's a sheep or a goat and it's less than a year old and it's male and it's within 30 days around before Pesach, it's, pur- it's after Purim, then we're going to assume it's a Pesach. That's most likely what those animals will be, okay, at that time of the year. Um, Baruchona, 
Hayumimad. Now here's a fascinating sort of shift into questions about special takanot that Chazal did. Barujona Hayumimad Shkunin es Motiyah, which would be Motiyah, um, or Motzaeha, probably. Motzaeha, Achu Mevi Nisacheha. So let's say you found this wandering animal and it's male, so I have to assume it's an Olar. It's a female, assume it's a Shlomin. So I'm going to be a good guy. I mean, okay, it's a big schlep to the base of Mikdash, but, you know, not such a schlep. I'm in Yerushalayim, but okay, I'll take out an hour, I'll bring it to the base of Mikdash, I give it to the Quranim, I found this animal, here, go ahead, bring it as an Ola. So the Quranim say, that's very nice, where's the Nisachim? I say, where's the what? They say, well, where's the Nisachim? You know, you got to bring the Nisachim with an Ola. So now i got to spend 20 bucks of my own money to bring the Nisachim for this. So, uh, so originally they said, tough luck, you found it, you're the one now bringing it, so you're the one who's going to have to pay for the Nisachim, which is fascinating, it's like it's not even my Korban. And that not so much would they just ask me, they would actually take my property as collateral, they, they might go ahead and pay for the Nisachim, but they want to be paid back. And they take my property as collateral until I paid them back. So guess what the result of that was? Um, so, so then they said, oh my God, it's an animal. They ran in the opposite direction. Who wants to do that? So then they said, if somebody turns in a found animal, we'll bring the Nesachim out of communal funds. So now, of course, you wonder, somebody says, ooh, so next time I bring my Ola to the base of Mikdash, I'll just tell them it's a found animal. Yeah, exactly. No, but can I do this my Ola if I knew I had to, like... No, if somebody else's Ola you can't use as yours, you know, you can't transfer the... Uh, once it's been sanctified. Okay, Arab Shimon. Now that we're talking about special takanot that they made, we're going to talk about seven takanot. Some are in a similar type of a category. Seven things based in established, obviously more, but seven of, of a category. And what, the one we just listed was one of them, and here are some others. So as similar, if a non-Jew sent a korban, non-Jews are allowed to bring korbanot to the base of Mikdash, so he sent it from overseas. He's not here right now that we can ask him to add any, you know, to, 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 to give anything else. So he sent it. If he happened to know the, the law and our ritual and sent with it Nesachim or money for the Nesachim, Kravi Mishalah will bring the Nesachim from his fund. Vimlav, if he sent the korban and he didn't give any money, craving he shall see, but we're not going to reject the korban. We all know the famous story about how the Beit Hamikdash got destroyed. But anyway, whoever this person is, we will bring it from Chelsea. But notice that's a non-Jew. If a Jew sent it long distance, presumably, I don't know if we would wait to bring the korban, but presumably we would demand to be repaid. That's your korban you're bringing. You're going to pay for the nesachim. But if it's a non-Jew and he's not here and around to ask him, we'll supply the nesachim. If he is around, then we would. I don't know what we would do, but anyway, we, there'd be more options. If a, if a convert died, which is always an interesting scenario to discuss, because you know it's kikatan shenola dami. So if he doesn't have any kids, then his, all of his property there's no heirs. So gershemes viniach zvachim, and he leaves over unbrought sacrifices, animals that were sanctified. If he has in his estate, you know nisachim. So money for the Nisachim craving you should, oh, we draw on the estate for that. Now, of course, what's fascinating is, is that one minute, you know, who took over the estate, right? Because the Gemara always deals with the case, the Gare died, so it's like a free-for-all. Whoever can run to the property and seize it, a tasker gets it. So, you know, so, so either nobody took it, and then the Beit might, might as well take over the entire estate, or somebody else already seized it. 
so then it's now the other person's property. So it's not exactly clear to me how that works out, but somehow, let's assume somebody else seized it, um, you know, and nevertheless, we will assume that we have some lien on that property and we'll collect it. But here's the real takana. The takana is if, if there is nobody to pay for the nesachim, but we still have the ger's korban, so that's somewhat obviously analogous to the similar situa- to the previous situation, then craving yishot sibur, we bring it from communal funds. So three types of cases now we bring from communal funds. It's not your korban, but it was wandering around and you brought it. Number one. Number two is it's from a non-Jew who's not here. And number three is it's from a ger who's not here and there's no heir to deal with. So there's no owner in all three cases the owner is not present, okay, and is not really considered to be accessible, okay. Um, in one case, we don't know. In one case, it's a non-Jewish Dina Sayyam. We're not going to bother with that case. And in one case, he's certainly not around. Well, yes. someone dies locally, even all the heirs are overseas. Okay, okay, so that's an interesting question. Maybe that would be similar. How about if somebody sends a korban from overseas? There's an assumption that if it's a Jew who's sending the korban, even from overseas, well, at least we'll keep the debt on the books. Okay, maybe we won't run after him, but at least we'll keep the debt on the books. Okay, um, okay, so that's that. Okay, the tonight based in who uh, now? Okay, that's it. The uh, based in who now? Notice here before we called it a takana, and now we're having this tonight based in tonight based in. One thing, it's one thing to just say where the funds are going to come from. Tanai Basin is a phrase that we've used to deal with like how we manipulate Kedusha to allow it to play by our rules. Okay, but Tanai Basin, who are calling Gadosha mate, Shatei Min Chaso Krevo Mishel Tzibur. But this is interesting because this, why to introduce the phrase of Tanai Basin here is not so clear. It seems more similar to the previous ones. The Kohen Gadol dies. Okay, the Kohen Gadol would bring a Mincha every day, half in the morning, half in the, half in the afternoon. He dies. Who, who brings the Mincha? Now, you could have said, nobody brings the mincha, right? Or the next coin. No, but it's in this interim per- per- period where there is no coin gadol. But you could have said, nobody. No, but somehow there was a Tanai basin that you would continue to bring the mincha. Maybe that was part of the Tanai, even though the Korban wasn't mandated because there's no coin gadol. Anyway, they would bring it, and they would bring it from communal funds. The Bureau of show Yorishim, which is a fascinating idea, the heirs of the Kohen Gadol. So the sense that if there's the Kohen Gadol is dead, and uh, before another one is appointed, somehow it's still the dead Kohen Gadol's responsibility. That's, uh, you know, that is the implicit assumption. The dead Kohen Gadol still has to make sure that this mincha is brought. So, taking him out of the category of not being around or available. Right. It's available <laughs> Something. And then its only question is, does it come from the heirs or does it come from the, from the Tzibor? Okay. Now another statement of Rebbe Yehuda is, although when the Kohen Gadol himself brings it, it says half in the morning and half in the afternoon, when it's brought by the heirs, when he's dead and it's being brought for him, it's brought as one unit, not in two halves. Okay, so we'll see about that in the Gemara. So that's number four, Takana. Now this, you understand the more the phrase of Tanai Basin, again, which means like we stipulate and allow the Kedusha to follow our rules as opposed to the other stuff, which is more about where did the money come from. Because the Kohanim can use the salt and the wood in the base of Mikdash. Why they have salt and wood? They had wood for the Korbanot and they had salt because I'll call Korban Chatakriv Melach. Okay, but now I've gotten some meat from my chat, from the Chatos, and I want to eat it. Well, guess what two things I'd like to use to eat my meat? I'd like some firewood so I can roast it, and I'd like some salt because you want some salt on your meat. So they actually stipulated that the salt and the wood that were for the Korbanot the Kohanim could actually use them for their, for their, for roasting the meat and for, you know, for eating the meat of the Korbanot that they're eating, that they they're themselves eating. They take a little, hectic, why isn't that Me'ilah? So now you understand this old snide basin which gives us this latitude to sort of say, 
the Kedush is going to work under, you know, under the following rules. So we allow it that when you want to use it for that purpose, then the, it won't be Kadosh and you'll actually be allowed to use it for that purpose. Okay? Um, uh, and with the paraduma that there would not be me'ila once it was burnt with the ashes we'll see what that's about the isn't, it, isn't in the Torah why you mean because you use it for sprinkling? But that doesn't prove there's no meila like nitzlav lahenos nitnu and so on. Okay, so hakinim hapsulot. Now this is re- refers to something we saw yesterday. Let's say some of the birds that we brought bought from the money in the shofar turn out to be invalid. Shihu ba'ot michel tzibur. So the first answer is not what we taught yesterday. The first thing is you know women put in a hundred uh, shekel into this shofar. We have to bring a hundred birds because of all their korbanot. We have to make sure we bring it all today. They're going to assume it's brought and for the end of the purification process and we'll go ahead and three of the birds we bought are no good so okay but we have to bring three, three more korbanot for those women so where are we going to get the three birds from so the first answer is fine we'll supply that with communal funds okay but clearly we have to make sure that all the birds are brought and the other thing is what we said yesterday Reb Yossi I mean, no 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 we're not going to get communal funds here we're going to get the supplier to pay for it the guy who supplies the birds if any of the birds turn out to be puzzle or anything else he'll, he'll, he'll make you know he'll substitute good ones for it that's part of the conditions that we of the condition we make for him to supply so again it is interesting a lot of these things are about where's the money coming from but the stuff in the middle about the salt and the wood is what we've sort of used the idea of tonight based in more for in terms of stipulating how the Kedusha operates. Let's take a look at the Gemara. Rabbi Yoshaya Rabba, Rabbi Yoshaya the Great, the Elder, Amar, he said, We're not actually talking about um, bringing the animals themselves. We're talking about um, bringing their money. Now, what does that mean? Because here, um, there's a problem here. I mean, there's a couple of questions about this mission. Number one is, you find this wandering animal. So one question is, I'm going to bring it to the base of Mishnah, we'll bring it as an Ola. Well, what if it's not really an Ola? I mean, what if it's Chulin? Isn't that a Chulin Dazara? So I guess that you could solve and say, okay, we'll be Maktishit as an Ola. In case it isn't an Ola, we'll be Maktishit again. Or maybe not. Maybe we just go by the numbers, and the numbers tell us it's an Ola, and we don't try to cover any bases. But there's also another question, which is, maybe it's a Shlamin. If it's a male who says it's an Ola, maybe it's a Shlamin. So he wants to solve this problem and say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We are going to take this animal, and we're not going to bring it itself. What we're going to do is, we're going to say, if this animal is an Ola, then I transfer the value of it to the, this money. And th- this money is sanctified as an Ola. And if not, I'll just stop sanctify this money as an Ola. If it's a Shlomim, I'll transfer the value to this other money. Okay? And if not, and then this, and if not, then I'll sanctify the money as a Shlomim. Then you bring one Shlomim and one Ola with the proceeds, and one of them represents the original animal, and one of them will be a new Korban, and you've got your basis cover. Now the problem is, there's a couple problems. Number one is the mission doesn't say that. The mission says the animal itself, and the mission doesn't sound like you have to cover your bases, but this is what he's concerned about. So his initial explanation of the mission is, you're not going to bring the animal itself. You're going to use the, the money that you're going to transfer the Kedusha to to bring a Korban, and the only reason you'd want to do that is because it allows you to bring both types of Korbanot and cover your bases. So let's see what the... Well, that's more like, you know, if... No, no, no. Oh, it's redeeming. You can redeem an animal on money. No, the question you should ask is, you, you're allowed to normally redeem an animal a, 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 a Korban on money if what? 
Only there's a mob. Only if there's a mob. So that's, that's what the question is going to be. Okay, it's not smur. It's a problem about being podetminium, right? So let's take a look. But where does the money come from? If you keep the admin. So that's also not a good question. You, the finder? You know, if you need to cover your bases, you, we'd want money here. That's a cunt as well, but people would run away right away. Basin would have to supply the additional yes, funds. Yeah, so exactly. So anyway, let's take a look. The Gemara is not going to be happy with this answer. So the Gemara says, I'm going to read Yochidan. So Yochidan says, Omimo da Adam seyum obikolchim. So we tell a person to go and do me'ila with kachim. Now, the, again, the Mephoshim say he doesn't literally mean me'ila, but what he means is, how can you redeem an animal without a bloom? That's a misuse of kachim, since when are you allowed to do that? What type of crazy suggestion is that? You go by the majority. None of this playing, cover your bases and you're doing it with money. The mission doesn't say an Ola and a Shlom. It says an Ola. You bring the thing itself. You go by the majority. Now, presumably Rabbi Yochanan is still bothered with this question of how do you though know that the males are Olas? Maybe the males are also Shlomim. So he gives the following additional scenario to the Mishnah to help answer that question. So it says, if most of the animals, this is the way some of the Mepharshim reads it, okay, if mo- you found actually like a flock of animals, whoever said you found a flock of animals, I don't know, you've done a group of animals. If the majority of them are male, then you could already assume that you're dealing with olas. Why would you have so many male animals wandering around unless they were, and they were, they were ola, which is a very funny question. So the Gemara is not going to be happy with this. Okay, so what happens if you find just one animal? Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Maybe you then, I don't know. Anyway, again, we're all struggling with this of why do we assume it's an ola, but the answers are less than satisfying. So the Gemara says, the so the Gemara says, well, what are you talking about? Whether it's male, most are male, most are female, they can still call, a shlamin could still be from a male. Okay, so, so what do you do uh, in order to sort of solve this, uh, solve this problem of maybe it's an ola, maybe it's a shlamin? You take it out to Hulin and then you go back and make them Olo. So what the heck does that mean? i got to tell you. Like the professor say, well, maybe you are podedem tmimim, but although you're normally not allowed to, be, to redeem anything without a blemish, if you, here you're going to re-sanctify it. So what you do is you say, if it's an ola, I transfer the money to this, to, the kedusha to this money. If it's a shlomim, I transfer it to this. This money, either way, is going to be ola, either because I transferred the kedusha or I sanctified it. And now I say, and now I transfer the kedusha back to the animal. And now the, the animal, it gets back to the ola. Then you have other so, money that's shlomim, though. The right? other yeah. money you have to buy shlomim. So first of all, you introduce that there's other money i got to buy shlomim. Number two is, it's all very nice that at the end of the day, this animal is back to being an ola. But we have never heard of such a thing, that you're allowed to redeem an unblemished animal if at the end of the day you'll get it back to where it came from. So it's a very unclear what the Gemara's answer is. It is bothered why we assume it's an Ola, not a Shlamim, but the answer here is quite hard to understand. Um, you know, the Mephoshim really sort of grapple with it. Okay, so let's take... So some want to say that that wasn't an answer, that that was part of the question. What do you want him to do? You want him to be moti at and go back and make... <laughs> so, you know, if you, don't like, if you don't like the answer, you turn it into a rhetorical question. Okay, but anyway, but it is a big issue about what answer this was. Okay, so... So now we have an answer which is a little bit more satisfying. So let's take a look. We still don't have a good answer. But now let's see because, again, maybe it is a shlamim and you can't redeem it if it's unblemished. And anyway, the mission doesn't say to redeem it. So let's take a look. Amarebi Zera, Timadat Amar Taman, here's going to be our answer. The same way we said over there... 
Tanai Bastin Hu Alamot Remember the thing we said before that if you have leftover money from a chatas and an asham or whatever, we stipulate and we say that that leftover money gets applied to the nidava, gets applied to the olafund. Right? We've been learning that the last two days. All of this leftover money left. If you have, if you have a doubt about a shekel or the shekel, the guy died. What do you do with it? Nidava, nidava. You put it in the olafund. So says that. That solves our problem here too. We don't know if it's a shlubim or an ola, so we could say, ah, the basin stipulates that if you have a doubt, we use the, then you find this lost animal. You got a doubt, shlubim or an ola, it becomes an ola, just like everything else. When we have a doubt, becomes an ola. Okay, so shehikrivu alok. The same way we say that about leftover money for a chatas and nasha. Came out ufacha. You say the same thing here tonight. Basin who all of dot shehikrivu alok. Basin stipulates if you got a lost animal and you don't know if it's an ola or a shlamim, a male animal, then therefore you don't know if it's an ola or a shlamim. Okay, it becomes an ola. So again, we can we get to make the rules and we can stipulate how the hectic is going to work. At least this rule is consistent with what we've seen before, which is when you have certain doubts and certain questions and leftover money, it ought, it goes to the Ola fund, and this the same type of thing happens. Is this not a mazid? So, meaning, how can you willingly go ahead and actively be applied? I mean, in all the other cases, you know, there was left over money, it was some other type of a thing. Here, this is an active reapplying of something that could be a shlamim into an ola. Amalei. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit unclear. Like, what are you asking that we don't already know? Anyway, Amalei. Maybe he was asking how the rabbis are allowed to do such a thing. And the answer is, no, it's all part of the rules. Since it's part of the rules, there's nothing wrong with doing it, okay? So we get to stipulate at the beginning, anybody who sanctifies an animal, you are implicitly buying into all of the following conditions and stipulations and rules, whether you're aware of them or not. Okay, and then we get, and then, you know, under those circumstances, we get to say what happens to it. It really is like a much, much, much more expanded idea of like, which Michael quipped was, okay, I'm Rabbi Yossi. So again, the same phrase from Rabbi Yossi was the first time we had had it was it Rabbi Yossi? I don't think so. But he says, when I was there, when I was still there in Bavel, Adavataman, when I was still there, Shamis called Rabbi Yehuda, Shamis called Rabbi Yehuda Shalhi Shmuel. Again, it's always the same, per- I, I heard the sound of Rabbi Yehuda asking Shmuel. We had exactly that same phrase before. Okay? Um, um, he, and here was the question he asked. So now this is exactly what we what we quoted earlier. I mean, so not only is the idiom of I, when I was there, I heard the sound. This is actually a direct quote of what we said earlier, right? What happens if the guy separated his shekel, didn't give it, and then dropped dead? What do you do with that money? So what's the halacha? And then Shmuel said back to him, same type of thing we're saying here. You got some problems? Throw it into the nadava fund. Okay, now umoser asimisei fashalow. So what if the Kohen Gadol has sanctified money or, or for, to use for his tenth of an eifa, which is his regular daily korban, as we mentioned in the Mishnah, half in the morning, half in the afternoon, and there's leftover funds. What do you do with those leftover funds? Okay? So right there, Rabbi Yochanan Omer, Yolicham Liyam HaMelech. That doesn't go into the Nedava. That gets thrown into the Yam HaMelech. Not exactly clear why it's different than something like a shekel or whatnot. Um, but that gets fun. Maybe because most of the things that we wind up putting into the Nidava fund are either from communal or from a chatas and a nasham. This is neither communal nor a chatas or nasham. Of course, as we just learned before about the animal wandering around, we are really not limited to what types of things we get to say go into automatically become an older, go into the Ola fund. That's why. No, 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 no. That's not. This, that's when he. 
he died, and the question is, who's going to now bring the new, a new one? This is leftover money. He has, he, he's not dead. He sanctified money to bring his Asibi Taifa, and then there is leftover funds. Ah, so for oh, no, he is dead, because otherwise you're right, he would use it for tomorrow. So he is dead. So okay? No, 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 no. But this is the question of what to do with the funds that were already sanctified. Meaning the question in the Mishnah is, there's no money sanctified, but we assume we have to keep on bringing the Korban. Okay, here, you have sanctified funds that cannot be used for this purpose. What are you going to do with them? Of course, you're saying, hey, if the Mishnah assumes we keep on bringing the Korban, bring it after he's dead. Oh, yeah, maybe there's now a new Kohen Gadol. So a new Kohen Gadol is bringing it with his money. Okay, so, Rabbi, so there, Rabbi Yogaman says, throw it to Yamamelech. Interesting why that's different than the normal rule, uh, or, the, what we, or the common thing we've been seeing. And Rabbi Eliezer says what we've been seeing by most other things, Yipu in a Dava. Okay, now, now we get to another issue about how to, what to do with this money, with the, uh, um, with the, uh, the normal way in which the Asiri Teifab, the Kohen Gadol, was brought, before we get into sort of problems. Let's take a look. Okay, so Asiri Teifab, Shal Kohen Gadol. Now that we're talking about it, we mentioned it here, if he sanctified money and he died, we mentioned find it in the Mishnah, what do you do when he's already dead, what do you do? Let's talk about this Asiri Teifab. So the Asiri Teifab, the Kohen Gadol. The Omer, Mikadsha. First you make the whole Eifa in a non rate. Then you divide it into two halves, because it starts as machatita baboch and machatita ba'arev. And only after you make it into two halves, do you put each half in a klisharet. Okay? If you remember, this is somewhat similar to the discussion of, like, how did you make the ketores? Did you originally make it in klisharet or not? At what stage did you introduce the klisharet, and did it become sanctified? So Rabbi Yochanan says, only after you div- made it and then divided it in two. No, you make it all together in a klisharet, and then you divide it, and it's already sanctified from the beginning. Okay, now we're going to try to prove one side or the other. Masnisa pliga Rabbi Yochanan. The following Mishnah um, uh, argues on Rabbi Yochanan, um, or Bright, excuse me. Makriv mechza mechza umechza avad. So you bring half, and half gets thrown out. Which means what? This is a scenario in which. Um, let me just check, double check here. Oh, so what happens is half of no, no, we died. We'll get to in a minute. The claim got all brought half in the morning, and then the other half got tamay. Okay, so what do you do with the other half? But you still have to bring a half in the afternoon. So you could say, okay, make another half. But the Torah, the way it describes it, is it has to be defined as a half. Okay, not just so. What you do is you make another whole. You divide it in half. Okay, you bring half. Okay, and the other half has to has to has to go, has to go to waste. Okay, so machatzi is makriv machatzi avad, and the other half is goes to waste. Now the question is, why does the other half have to go to waste? According to Rabbi Yochanan, you don't sanctify it until you divide it into halves. So make the whole, divide into half, sanctify one, and the other half don't sanctify, and it doesn't have to go to waste. So that's a pretty good proof against Rabbi Yochanan. So Pater law, you can explain it. So even the money would go to Yamamelch, which means what? Hold on a minute, one minute. Ah, because Rabbi Yochanan said, and this is how it ties a minute ago, that what happens if the coin Gadol sets aside money and there's leftover money from the Asiri Teifa? What does he say you do with it? Right, remember? He said, you throw it to Yamamelch. So he says, even though that wasn't sanctified in a cliche race, 
right? It doesn't matter. Once it has the sanctity of the Asimi Taifa, even without the Klishares, if you can't use it, you have, to, you have to dispose of it. So this is no different. It's not like it wasn't sanctified at all. It still had Kedusha's path, like with the money you would sanctify, it just didn't have the Kedusha of the Klishares. So that isn't the question to him. He says, even without the Klishares, if you can't use it, it goes to Yam HaMela. I think that I don't know. Um, okay, that I don't know. It did before, as you point out, say umais, so then maybe you could. Oh, you mean, oh, 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 you mean once it's in a klisharis, why not use it for tomorrow? Because of Lena. No, no, the money you could use for tomorrow if he didn't die. But the actual, if you're asking why this actual mincha, the second half that's left over, can't be used for tomorrow, that's because of, of Lena. And probably the also, what? You can't just keep it in the um, Okay, it might also be that it's not, the ha- it's not a pair with the other half that's also going to be brought. I don't know, I'd have to look into that. Okay. Now, so that, anyway, that seemed to be a contradiction to Rabbi Yochanan, but in the end, okay, it wasn't a cliche, you still have to go ahead and dispose of it. Even money would be the same. Now, Masnisa now here Arkis is Reb Shemin Lakish, but all the unfortunately switched this to Reb Yochanan. It's another, it's another contradiction to Reb Yochanan. Let's take a look. Nisu Shnei Chatzayim Krevim, Shnei Chatzayim Avudim. There's a scenario in which two halves will be brought and two halves will have to go to waste. What's the scenario? So this is the case, Rivko, where one Kohen Gadol dies, in, in the, in the, you know, after, after his first half was brought, and another one the point in the afternoon. So the other one has to bring his korban. So he makes a hole, and he brings his half in the afternoon. So the half that's left over from the Kohen Gadol in the morning, and the half of the new Kohen, all of those have to get you know, half, it can't be used. The two halves are brought and two halves are thrown out. Okay. The Tani Allah, we taught in it, Mechsa Rishon, Mechsa Sheni, Tuavar Tsuatan, Vietz Ulebet Hasresa. So what do you do with them? The two halves, whether it's the first Kohen or the second Kohen, you have to wait till they're Puzzle and Lina, right? You don't dispose of them while they're still, still Kadosh, wow. uh, whatever, on, on, you know, on, while the Kedusha has, you know, you know, even if you can't be Makri them, you don't dispose of them, but by the next day, they're Puzzle and Lina, then you go ahead and you burn them. So this is more of a problem because this is not just like Yam HaMelech. This is you have to wait till they're Puzzle and Lina and it's Yotzul Abes Asrefa, which sounds like it really has the full Kedusha that can't be used. So it sounds like you did in a Klishares. Why do you have to do the second guy's one, the second half in a Klishares? So the Gemara says, Pasolak Reb Yishmael. We can answer this like Reb Yishmael. The Amar, Yisaron Mikadesh, Yisaron Mikadesh. So, um, now there's a question if the next line sort of is part of the statement or not. But he would sanctify the Isaron, which is not exactly clear how that's an answer because still the question is, is about where, you know, it's nice that he sanctified it, but why, did, why did, was it necessarily with a cliche rate? Let me just hold on, double check the Corbin aid on this. One minute. Yeah, so basically what he says like this is he says, which then sort of completely eliminates all the difference, is that when you measured out the amount of flour, you measured it out in a cliche rate, so that even Rabbi Yochanan agrees that really the stuff got sanctified earlier on in the process in a cliche rate, which is now completely, it completely undermines the difference between Rabbi Yochanan and Rabbi Shlokish. I mean, if you sanctified it at one stage, even, before, you know, in a cliche rate, then who cares if when you then, you know, so anyway, so the Kumbinator says, well, he would agree that we you started in a cliche rate. All Rabbi Yochanan was saying was that Bidyeved, it was okay to wait till, till you got around to divide it. But everybody would certainly agree with you always start with a cliche rate. 
and anyway therefore so goodbye any real difference between them because we could always answer everything that you did at the Lechatchila way okay but that obviously on the face of it is a very good evidence as is the you know that you would always start out fully sanctified um, even before you divided it into its halves okay now the Gemara moves on to another question um, okay now when a Kohen normally forgets Kohen Gadol any Kohen when they you know when they begin the Avoda how do they get um, initiated into the Avoda and the Torah it speaks about this whole process right about with the oil and you know and, uh, the whole like Hanukkah Tamishkan and with the Hanukkah of the Kohen of the Kohen of the Kohanim as well you know how they were sort of sanctified in their role the Gemara says after that time though the way a Kohen is sanctified in his role is that when he begins his role he brings a Asirit Ha'ifa okay like the Kohen Gadol would bring every day the first time Okay, now, not only would he bring it, but he would actually be machriz it. So that would be his first act that would initiate him into the role of a Kohen in the base of Mikdash. Let's say Bidyeved, they ran in to do the Avoda without bringing their Asiritaifa. How much was this absolutely necessary to give him his status as a Kohen? So, Avodasan Kshira, Bidyeved, the Avoda is Kasher, although some have the Girs of Psula. Okay? <laughs> right, the Graz Girs is Psula. Okay, slight little difference. Okay, but basically, everybody would start with this Asiritaifa, and if you didn't do it, that might or might not, depending on your girsa, impact whether the avoda was kasher b'dievet or not. Now, Rabbi Mani boy, Rabbi Mani asked, "Meimer bobiyom shenitkarv tchilal avoda, bobiyom maneli yot kohen gadol." Let's say a guy was very fortunate. The, the first day he was going to start working as a kohen was also the day he was appointed as a kohen gadol. So you wonder how did this little pisher who never worked before get to be the kohen gadol? Who knows? Maybe it was yichus, maybe it was money. But that very same day, so now he has two asiritaifas to bring, right? He has the asiritaifa to bring as every new kohen that begins the avodah brings an asiritaifa, and as a kohen gadol he brings a regular asiritaifa. Okay. So maybe Shtayim he brings two achas lechinucho, the achas lechovasayo, one for his initiation as a kohen and the other for his daily obligation. Now that seems to be a statement, not a question, but it might be a question. Would he have to bring two? Could he use his regular one to also count as his initiating one or not? Okay, so it's made here as a statement, but it says boy, so maybe it's, that is what's being asked. Okay, we'll just read one more thing. Tufine. Now when the Torah discusses how it's made, it says tufine minchas pitim. So what does the word tufine mean? So, b'shat hava'ah tufinei. Ve'en b'shachris tufinei. So, at the time of bringing it, it should be baked, and there is not a tufinei in the morning, which basically um, means that you don't bake it at night. So, you, you only, you know, or it's funny, it says b'shachris, but meaning you don't, it, it, so it, it, it has to be baked once it's already fit to be brought. Um, so the Gemara says, is that true? The hot I don't understand. Apparently, the way the Mufarshim read is, is when you bake this mincha, right? When do you bake it? So they're somehow reading. Um, maybe it's because at the end of the pasuk is two fine minchas pitim takriv. So it has to be baked at the time of hakrava. Yeah, and you can't bake it. So it can't be fresh in the morning, which means that it was baked the night before. Okay, it has to be baked the day. That's how the Mufarshim are reading this. That the announcements went out, and we talked in Midas. Remember when I ever talked about everybody's different role? That one of the guys had the job in the before daybreak to say, everybody who's making, you know, the chavitim, uh, you know, who's baking it, 
this is the Chavitim was the phrase of the Kohen Gadol's Asimidefa, get up to start baking it. And this one is still dark outside. It's like we know, bakers wake up at 4 a.m., right? So look, it sounds like it was baked the night before. You gotta get everything so, ready. Exactly. Anyway, no, it means to heat up the water, to heat up the fire, not to actually begin baking it. We'll wait to bake it until the actual morning itself. Okay, we'll continue with this tomorrow.